Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Back in the Day with me, Dave Rivett. Today's episode, I'll be selecting an England side from all the players who won only one cap. Yep, a team of one cap wonders. My football days go back to 1963. So only one cap wonders who played for England from 1963 to the present day will qualify for selection. So let's start with a goalkeeper. I think there are three standout contenders, Alex Stepney, Phil Parks and Chris Kirkland. Let's start with Kirkland, whose only cap was against Greece in 2006. Kirkland was one of the country's most promising keepers when Liverpool signed him from Coventry City in 2001. He was a big lad who really filled the goal. His big problem was injuries. He spent a lot of his Liverpool career as deputy to Jersey Dudek. Every time he got his chance, he would get injured again. Liverpool in the end sent him out to West Bromwich Albion on loan and then it was a transfer to Wigan Athletic who were in the Premier League at the time. He did make 321 career appearances. So Kirkland's only international appearance was as a substitute in the second half. But it was a profitable 45 minutes for the Kirkland family. When Chris was 11 years old, his father and some family friends have placed bets at £100 each at 100 to 1 they will play for England before the age of 30. Kirkland's appearance netted the group £10,000 each. The second keeper is Phil Parks, who made his appearance for his country in April 1974 against Portugal. Parks was a very good keeper who played 344 league games for both Queen's Park Rangers and West Ham. I did reach somewhere he's the only footballer ever to play in excess of 300 league games for two different clubs. As good as Kirkland and Parks were, my goalkeeper in the team is Alex Stepney, who won his cap in May 68 against Sweden. I saw a lot of Stepney in the 60s as I was a frequent visitor to the Den to watch Millwall. There were great days of being a Millwall fan, two consecutive promotions from the 4th to the 2nd Division and a record-breaking unbeaten home record. Stepney was fantastic, way too good for this level of football. He was chosen for the England under-23 side while still playing in the lower leagues. Eventually he left to join Tommy Doherty's Chelsea, who already had a top keeper in Peter Bonetti. Story is that Doc had a crazy idea of alternating the two keepers. And crazy it proved to be, after playing just one game for the Blues, he was sold with a small profit to Manchester United, where he would stay for 12 years, making 433 league appearances. Exactly the same league appearances that Phil Parks played for both QPR and West Ham. Stepney was in England's 1970 World Cup squad in Mexico. I've always wondered if Alf Ramsey had selected Stepney instead of Peter Bonetti to replace the stricken Gordon Banks in the West Germany quarter-final. It would have been ended better for England. It was a nightmare for Bonetti... Well, as uh, Stepney had lots of experience playing high-pressure European Cup ties with Manchester United, including that fantastic save from Eusebio in the European Cup final, but we'll never know. So we need two full-backs. At right-back, one player stands out, and it's Ken Shiletto of Chelsea, who played his one match for England in a memorable 4-2 win in Czechoslovakia in May 1963. At the time, Czechoslovakia were a really good team and uh, lost in the World Cup final of 62 to Brazil. Ken was a fullback who loved to get forward. I really think that the injury to Jimmy Armfield, it would have been Ken Chiletto and not George Cohen lining up for England in the 1966 World Cup. Sadly, it wasn't to be. Ken suffered a serious knee injury and despite several attempted comebacks, had to retire in 1965, just 25 years old.
At left back, I've gone for Tottenham's Ron Henry, a member of the fantastic 1961 Tottenham double team. His only serious role for the spot was Everton's David Unsworth. Ron Henry was an experienced defender whose only England cap was Alf Ramsey's first match, a 5-2 beating against France in Paris. The normally dependable keeper Ron Spring had an absolute nightmare. Ron Henry, 29 at the time, never played again. I find it hard to fill the centre-back positions. The first choice was between Neil Razor Ruddock and Jeff Blockley. I saw a lot of Blockley when he signed for Arsenal from Coventry City as a replacement for Frank McClintock. It never worked. He looked out of his depth. He played his one England match four days after his Arsenal debut against Yugoslavia in October 72. What I couldn't get my head around was Blockley was playing for England, yet at Arsenal we had Peter Simpson, who alongside Frank McClintock in the Arsenal back line had been rock steady for years, but he never got his chance. So it's Ruddock for me who won his cap against Nigeria in 1994 when Terry Venables was England coach. Alongside Ruddock is Liverpool legend Tommy Smith, who played his one game for England in May 1971 against Wales. I was at Wembley that night and the game was awful, a boring 0-0 draw. The only high spot was left-back Terry Coomer of Leeds United who made some exciting runs down the left flank. Smith was an excellent player who you just can't believe only got one cap. So the defence is settled. Stepney in goal, back four, Shiletto, Ruddock, Smith, Henry. Pretty good so far, onto the midfield. My first central midfield player, like Tommy Smith, you cannot believe he only got one cap. What you've got to remember though is back in them days, it was just the 11, no substitutes. You get players coming on now for six minutes for their England cap and they do that about 12 times. So it was a lot harder back in that in the day. Uh, John Hollins of Chelsea, who played for England against Spain at Wembley in May, May 1967. I was at that match. I was 13. It was my first trip to Wembley. I don't remember too much about the game, but I was thrilled to see Jimmy Greaves in action. Hollins was a very good player, a good engine and a fine shot. A great team player who ended up playing over 740 league league matches for Chelsea, Queen's Park Rangers and Arsenal in a playing career that spanned 21 years. The perfect professional. A player whose career was cut short is my other central midfield player, Tony Kaye who made his only England appearance in an 8-1 win in Switzerland in June 63, scoring one of the goals. Kay played for Sheffield Wednesday before becoming Britain's most expensive footballer when joining Everton in 1962 for £60,000. The football world at his fingertips when in 1964 the Sunday People newspaper broke the story that Kay, Peter Swan and David Lane are bet on their side to lose in a match in December 62 while playing for Sheffield Wednesday at Ipswich. The three were convicted of conspiracy to defraud. Kay was sentenced to four months' imprisonment and fined £150. After serving ten weeks, he, Swan and Lane were banned from football for life by the Football Association. A great career in the making was over. A very good player who could well have been a contender for a place in the World Cup team and squad of 1966. So in the centre of midfield, I have John Hollins and Tony Kay. There was plenty of competition from players like Gordon Harris of Burnley, Colin Harvey, Everton, Tottenham Steve Perriman, Lee Bowyer and current player James Madison. Uh, hopefully he can go on to get more caps. He's a good player. 
On the left flank, I consider Brian Moorwood and Alan Thompson, but I've gone for Ian Story Moore, an exciting wide player, another who suffered from many injuries. He played his match for England in, June, in, sorry, in January 1970 against the Netherlands. Ian scored 105 goals in 236 league games for Nottingham Forest before a big money transfer to Manchester United in 72. But injury cut his career short when he only played 39 league games for United. Ian's performance that I remember most is the 1967 FA Cup sixth round final, where Moore scored a hat-trick to beat Everton, the cup holders 3-2. Saw it on match of the day, one of the games of the season. My final midfield spot goes to West Bromwich Albion's Tony Bomber-Brown. What a player he was. He played his only league game, his only, uh, sorry, his only game for England in the same game as Tommy Smith, the boring 0-0 draw with Wales in 71. In 17 years at the Hawthorns, Brown has scored 218 goals in 574 league matches. Both of these records still stand today, some 40 years later. Maybe if he had played for a more fashionable clubs like Man United or Spurs, he would have been given more chances. Great player. I've considered a few players to play up front, including John Richards of Wolves, Alan Sunderland and Dean Ashton, before I've settled for the two. The first one is Charlie George. I saw Charlie when he first came into the Arsenal team in 69-70 and he was fantastic. When he came back from injury halfway through the 70-71 double season, he was the shot in the arm that the team needed. You can't believe he was able to leave for Derby County when he did. Story, story is he just didn't get along with Arsenal manager Bertie Mee. He scored some fantastic goals. His only England clap was, was under Don Revy in September 76 versus the Republic of Ireland. His England career lasted 60 minutes before he was substituted. He made a few choice remarks to Revy when leaving the pitch and was never picked again. A couple of standout moments, obviously the winner in the 71 Cup final, but also the left foot shot while playing for Derby against Real Madrid in the European Cup. Fantastic. He didn't even seem to look at the ball. He just rifled it to the net. Fantastic player. Charlie's partner up front is Chris Sutton, who played his only match against Cameroon on the 15th of September 1997. Sutton's international career lasted just 11 minutes when he came on as a substitute for Paul Scholes in the 79th minute. Manager Glenn Hoddle relegated Sutton to the England B squad. He refused to play and was never selected again. I think I seem to remember the, a similar thing happened to um, Matthew Letizier, another one who should have won more caps. But um, I'm sure Letizier played the England B game and he scored four goals and he still couldn't get picked for the England team. So you can sort of see where Sutton's coming from. Sutton's most successful time as a player was when he teamed up with Alan Shearer at Blackburn Rovers. He scored 59 goals in 161 matches for Blackburn. He ended his career with 193 goals from 546 matches. Good player. So, let's have a look at this team. In goal, Alex Stepney. Back four, Ken Shiletto, Razor Ruddock, Tommy Smith, Ron Henry. Midfield, Brown, John Hollins, Tony Kay, Ian Storymore. Up front, Chris Sutton, Charlie George. Pretty good side, I reckon. Okay, it's a bit of a quick episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, can you leave them on the Back in the Day Facebook group? See you next time.